Welcome to the Self Storage University Podcast, where you will learn the correct way to identify, evaluate, negotiate, perform due diligence on, renegotiate, finance, turn around, and operate self storage facilities. And now, here is your host, a partner in one of the largest real estate portfolios in the U.S. with nearly $1 billion of holdings, Frank Rolfe. A non-disclosure agreement or an NDA is something that many brokers will want you to sign before they will let you look at that self-storage property information. This is Frank Roth, the Self-Storage University podcast. The question is, what is an NDA and should you sign one? An NDA stands for non-disclosure agreement. It's an agreement that basically states that you will not disclose all of that private information regarding the property to other people. But it typically also has additional wrinkles, such as you will not talk to others on the property. You will not talk to the manager. And often it will also bind you to that broker, such that if you buy that property at any point, you owe that broker a commission. And there's some wrinkles to it that you need to be aware of. Now, as for the agreement itself, I leave that up to you and your attorney because I don't dispense legal advice. I'm not a lawyer. And any written document that you ever sign, you need to fully understand sentence by sentence, paragraph by paragraph. But here's some general observations on the whole issue regarding NDAs and looking at storage properties to buy. The first thing is if you refuse to sign NDAs entirely, if you say, no, I'm not going to ever sign a non-disclosure agreement, I refuse, I'm morally opposed, you'll have great difficulty in looking at many deals because most of the deals, not all deals, but most of the deals handled by brokers are going to require you to sign some form of document in the form of an NDA before they will give you any of the pertinent information. So while you don't have to sign them, you can be a conscientious objector, a protester, and say, no, I refuse to sign any of these kinds of things. The problem is you'll have very much reduced deal flow. So there's nothing that says you must sign them. But again, if you don't, it will be very, very hard to get in the general flow of deals that are out there. Number two, make sure that any NDA you sign is, in fact, with the listing broker. Let's go over that for a moment. If you have a storage facility you want to sell and you list it with a broker, well, that broker is the listing broker, whoever officially is the broker that is taking that property out to market. But sometimes you'll have brokers who are not the listing broker. They have nothing to do with the property. They're just aware of it. They saw it online or they talked to somebody and they know of it. You can't sign the NDA with them because they're not really even one of the parties to the deal. So if you sign an NDA with the non-listing broker, what you've effectively done is you have bound yourself to somebody who's not a real player in the transaction. And that could definitely come back to haunt you. If that broker is no longer really working in your best interest to get the information, or if there's multiple offers on the table, you're not going to want to be aligned with someone who's not in control of the deal. So before you sign any NDA, one thing you want to check out and confirm is, is that broker the actual listing broker? And the answer is no. Don't think I would sign NDA. I would rather go to the listing broker to sign any type of NDA. Number three, you want to know if it's a big firm or not, because big firms tend to operate with a lot greater respect of the law and a lot greater conformity than those that are tiny. So at the big brokerage firms, you may find out there like Marcus and Millichap, for example, 
NDAs are quite common and they're not known to abuse them. But the world is filled with horror stories of people who signed NDAs with small brokerage firms or individual brokers that later into litigation regarding the NDA. The NDA is only supposed to be there to protect the seller of the property from having their information tossed around publicly because it could damage them with lenders or with their peers or their customers. But it's not to be a tool to scare you into having to buy something for the fear of you, you'll be sued. So you want to basically do a little background check on the broker you're signing up that NDA with to make sure that, you know, it's legitimate, that you're signing something that's only the conduit to get the information that you needed, not signing something that you will later regret. Next, you got to make sure that this NDA only relates to that one property. Some of your disreputable brokers will try and make in that NDA this kind of blanket policy that covers not just that one storage facility, but pretty much every storage facility you ever look at again going forward. And clearly, that is not going to work because in your career of looking at things to buy, you'll look at many, many properties, hundreds of properties. You cannot have them all encumbered under one blanket NDA. So you've got to make sure the NDA is only applicable to that one storage property. And you may also want to have an addition to the NDA such that this NDA doesn't run forever. Maybe it only runs during the period in which that listing broker has the listing. Now, it's perfectly reasonable for there to be some period of time at the end of the listing that they would still be covered, such that they would get a commission if you bought it. You wouldn't want to have a situation if you were a broker where I show you something and you deliberately wait until my listing period ends and then try and buy it from the seller direct. But it can't be typically in your best interest to have that thing run till the end of time. Who will even be there to be the referee or measure if it is till the end of time? And even bigger, what happens if they then list it with another broker? So what if you have broker A and you sign the NDA with broker A that promises broker A a commission till the end of time, and then when they fail to sell the property, it goes to broker B. Now you want to go to broker B, of course, and get the most updated information and try and strike a deal, but now you're encumbered with an NDA with broker A, which probably knocks you out of the running to buy it. It also could get you in trouble if you later buy it and then broker A comes back to you demanding their commission too. You really can't afford to pay two different brokerage commissions on any property. That just doesn't work. Also, read that document in its total and make sure there's not one shred of something you do not understand. I've seen some disreputable brokers try and stick things into NDAs that have nothing to do with an NDA, hoping you won't read it and that you'll simply sign it. And that isn't going to work. Now, also make sure in your NDA that it denotes the relationship between the broker and the seller. I've also seen people try and slip in things where in, under the NDA, not only will the seller pay them a commission, but so will the buyer. So just be extremely careful when you sign these things. But at the same time, remember that if you refuse to sign them all together, you will have a very, very low deal flow. Now, there's lots of different ways to find storage facilities. There's cold calling, there's direct mail, there's online listings, but then, of course, there's brokers. They're not the only way to find them, and the other three typically do not come with an NDA. However, brokers are a good source of deals to buy. So if you want to go ahead and get deals through every source possible, all at the same time, 
you're definitely going to want to get familiar with the brokerage community. And at some point, you will definitely probably have to buy or sign an NDA. It's not life-threatening. It's not the end of the world. Again, it's very, very important before you sign any such agreement that you read it from one end to the other and understand every sentence and every paragraph. Because the slightest little departure from the original goal, which was to get just simply the information on the property, could be very, very damaging to you later on. Now, we have all heard horror stories of people who signed NDAs without reading them or understanding them that have come back to haunt them. It's very important that you stay clear of these hurdles because, again, you want to be in the storage property acquisition business. You don't want to be in the litigation for nothing business. And I will tell you that most of the stories that I have heard of people who have fallen afoul of NDAs have sadly revolved around situations where it really wasn't that good a deal anyway. So the really good deals are typically represented by good brokers and their NDAs are simply something there to safeguard the seller and their private information. So when you're working with a lesser broker, an unknown broker, a property that's not that good, and they suddenly want you to sign some big old NDA, that should definitely be a danger sign to you. Because if the deal isn't that hot, why are they so protective of the information to begin with? And what are you really signing? Is there really a meaning for it? The bottom line to it all is just be very, very protective of anything that you sign. Remember that when you sign a document, you sign on to lots of liability if things go wrong. And the last thing you need is to have a distraction of liability when you're simply trying to make a good storage investment. This is Frank Roth, the Self Storage University podcast. Hope you enjoyed this. Talk to you again soon. Thank you for listening to the Self Storage University podcast. Be sure to visit us at ssupodcast.com, where you can learn the correct way to identify, evaluate, negotiate, perform due diligence on, renegotiate, finance, turn around, and operate self-storage facilities.